So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Roswell in the 21st century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404 474 0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and this is Connecting with Coincidence, CC with BB. Uh, I want you to know that there's plenty of cash value to coincidences. Um, there are many uses. Uh, coincidences uncover hidden human capacities. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Psi capacities are well documented in the history of religions, and their existence is supported by solid laboratory research. But all you have to do is look at your own experience. Knowing that a certain person is calling suggests telepathy. Feeling an intense emotion, uh, pain, or physical problem for no apparent reason may correlate with a similar difficulty of a loved one at a distance from you. That's simulpathity. Telepathy and simulpathity suggest that we can communicate through means outside of our current conventional thinking. The many stories of people who know something is about to happen suggests that time is not only linear and that we can know the future without knowing how we know it. And that some minds even interact with machines. I have. Mine has. So coincidences are waking up humanity's superpower. 
They are, they are, they are. Our guest today is Lawrence Brown, who was born in the UK in 1951 to parents living in the Far East and spent much of his childhood there, though at the age of nine, he was sent to a boarding school in England. After completing secondary school, Radley College, Oxford. He came to Australia working mainly as an English teacher, teacher of English as a second language. He is married with two daughters and lives in suburban Brisbane. He has been interested ever since his early 20s in the possibilities of inner truth and has been a regular meditator since the 1970s. In 2009, he gave up teaching to pursue a PhD in philosophy at the University of Queensland. Now, why did he do that? He got his doctorate in 2014, and his thesis became his excellent book, The Many Faces of Coincidence. Over the past several years, he's particularly interested in the topic of coincidences in literature and has written two journal articles on the subject. We will be talking about his book, The Many Faces of Coincidences, and his paper, Coincidences in Fiction and Literature. You uh, gotten into uh, many interesting things, Lawrence, but I want to start with with uh, the many faces of coincidences. Um, it's a good it's a good book. And what are these many faces? Because you've defined four different forms of coincidences. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, one of my reasons for doing the PhD was to try and find an overarching way of or taxonomy of coincidence to, to looking at it in different ways because there's been a sort of uh, a standoff between those who think it's you know you can explain everything by uh, probability theory and then there's other people who have very powerful personal experiences so i'm i was trying to get a uh, an over, over, overall way of, of incorporating all these different ways of looking at it. And, and I, I, want, with, I, I want to know yeah. why that question bothered you enough to run, want to do this dissertation. <laughs> right. Because it, it has been so meaningful for me to have, uh, in a sense, guidance and coincidences in my life that to have the whole thing just dismissed as, um, you know, oh, that's statistically likely in, in 1.0 times or whatever, or thousand, and and it sort of it sort of um, it, it it belittles it the, the whole experience. And I oh, it does. I it demeans it. it. Yeah. And the yeah. reason we're talking about it is really that you have, you had a bunch of very good, meaningful coincidences take place in your life. That's what happened well, to you. Well, actually, yes. I mean, I. Um, I mean, I, I remember when I was about 20, I was standing on a beach and then suddenly coming out of me, looking at the stars, this is in, in southern Australia, and it was the Southern Cross and it was there was this yearning that came out of me, if there's a true love, please help me. And from <laughs> that day, I started getting coincidences and leading from this person to this person to this person. And wow. that hasn't stopped. And uh, and then I read this quote. I was in Hong Kong at the time and at the cathedral, and it said, uh, "When prayer stops, coincidences stop." Um, Archbishop William Temple. And I thought, "My oh. God, this is so powerful." Oh. And, and, yeah. and that's a coincidence of yourself because I never heard that when coincidences, when prayer stops, coincidences stop. Yeah. Uh, I, and for you. That was a good coincidence because it confirmed what happened on, in looking up at the starry sky in southern Australia. Yeah, that's right. All right. And when you say coincidences kept leading you from one person to the other, does that mean you had many different lovers? Or I don't think well, you like that. Well, I, <laughs> that's a very good, um, very good question. Well, I have had a few different partners, and. Uh, but you don't always read them well. I mean, that's the thing. You can. That's you right. Can, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's one thing having a coincidence, another one interpreting it. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But, and just to get back to your original question about what, what, how do I categorize uh, the coincidences? And yes. I have the four, four categories. One is chance, random chance. And the second is 
um, natural causality. So, for example, um, two people come up with the idea of the radio at the same time, and it's 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 based on stuff that's come before them, so that they both have the same idea at the same time. It's a coincidence, but it's also natural, naturally caused. It's not supernatural. I call, them, the, simultane I call them simultaneous discoveries. Yes, simultaneous, and, and there's tons of them. Yeah. And there's tons of them. I, I had this one where I came up with the idea of simul the term simulpathity in about 2014. Yeah. And then in 2016 or so, I wanted to see if that word was out there yet. And uh, it was. And it was the name somebody gave to a short video, simulpathity. And it meant just what I meant it to be. But he Amazing. didn't get it. He didn't get it from from where I was, and he wasn't that interested in coincidences. It was a term he used for uh, what was going on with two people in his in his video. So that that one uh, was a little stranger because I think there's more than just um, just everybody has the same information. I think there's uh, a collective unconscious or yes. collective subconscious that also connects people where there's a lot of funny ideas running around. I call it the psychosphere, but that's yeah, my way yeah. of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, so that's natural causation. Okay, and the third one is uh, is, is this what I called supernatural. I first had it as paranormal, but then I couldn't stay with paranormal because is did God create the universe paranormally? <laughs> you can't say that, but you can say that it was a supernatural creation. So I, I use that as a sort of blanket term for anything that can't be explained by natural or common ways of explaining causal uh, situations. So, for example, uh, I mean, there's there's lots of twin studies on this. There's, there's one twin is playing football, and the other twin is in the chapels in uh, in the choir, having a singing practice. And suddenly, the the one in the having the singing practice, he goes, "Ow, my leg!" And he's been he feels he's been kicked in the leg. And at that second, his twin brother has just had been kicked in the leg on the on the playing field. So, that I call simulpathity. That that's right. the, and twins are great examples of that. They yeah. Show great examples of that. Yes. Yeah. So I that, don't that's, think that's supernatural. Actually, I think it's pretty. It's natural, but it's it's outside exactly. normal causality. So exactly. it's given the chance. Exactly. Oh, that's right. just because of chance things, and you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. No, it's it's there's a psychosphere <laughs> connection between twins, right. and yeah, and that's yeah. uh, and so and your fourth one. Oh, the fourth one is synchronicity. And uh, and this one is when you have a meaningful coincidence, and you have an the inner and outer uh, just align, and something within yourself and something outside just goes zing, and and at that moment there is a kind of the veil breaks, and there's a kind of unitive experience in that moment. Jung called it a, a, a rupture of time, and he said it's the it's the same experiences as people having a mystical experience but it yeah, may only last yeah. a split second yeah yeah well synchronicity has a kind of cause for for young but it's kind of questionable the other three that you describe other three that you describe are are based more on explanations um so you're you're pretty much categorizing by explaining by explanations but uh, is that would that be fair to say Yes, except with, with the synchronicity one, you have to have the observer is necessary, whereas the other ones can be explained as a an outside situation. So with synchronicity, you have to have an observer. You, I mean, Jung said you can have synchronicity without the observer, but that's quite we've, complicated. And we've uh, we've come to the, we've come to the end of this segment. We can leave that one alone for now. But that's right, a very okay. good question. Um, you're listening to, listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We are talking with Lawrence Brown, author of The Many Faces of Coincidence.
Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Jenny as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet's day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Yes, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for being with us. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. This is Connecting with Coincidence. We are talking with Lawrence Brown, author of The Many Faces of Coincidences. You, Lawrence, you pretty much divided up your coincidences into the four categories by explanation, pretty much. I mean, we can yeah, talk yeah. about the differences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've divided them up in a, a new book that I'm doing um, on coincidences by description. And I have, um, I have two basic uh, elements that become three. Uh, the two elements are mind and object, mm. creating three forms of coincidence. Mind, object, where the mind sees something that in the, in the environment that's similar, that's a it's synchronicity happens that way. Mind, mind, which is telepathy, simulpathy, among other things. And thing, thing, which is strings of coincidences. And these are neutral ways uh, of dis description. That's where I'm thinking about a yeah. taxonomy, trying yeah. to describe that way. What do you think of that way of dividing things up? I think that's uh, very interesting. The, the thing, thing one is very interesting. So how would you... Um, how would you explain that, or how would you say how that one works? I would. Uh, I, the explanation thing is is uh, wide open because mm -hmm. in the explanation chapter, I have a full range, something like what you're talking about, of like uh, personally caused, which I include mm -hmm. uh, as like not in in conventional science can the conventional scientific way of thinking can explain some coincidences. There's psychological mm. things that people attribute to something else mm. all the way over to 
complete mystery where I really don't know how this happened. And it's beyond psi, beyond yeah. parapsychological things and a lot of stuff in between. So I don't try to explain any one of the three right. uh, yeah. in any one way. Uh, because mm -hmm. there's a full range of them, but that's that's my way of thinking about it. I had the same problem you had. I wanted to be able to make some sense out of them because mm -hmm. they could be made sense out of, and I, I did. Now, one of the ones that I find fascinating in your book is the I don't know the the astronomical coincidences, the ones oh, that right. are part of like uh, how did these things happen? Because we need these constants in order to have this universe be friendly to us. Could you talk yes. us, tell us some about those, please? Yes. Well, uh, we can call these the cosmic coincidences. And uh, there are normal coincidences that happen in the world, which is so remarkable, like uh, any, any gambling coincidence like getting a, a perfect hand in bridge or something like that, or 28 runs in uh, Monte Carlo on black, which is unbelievable. But these uh, po probabilities are tiny compared with the, all the tiny little, um, all the things that had to be absolutely in place for there to be a, uh, a universe with the parameters which would give forth to there being life and consciousness and the, and the things like oxygen and all the all the different um, elements that are required for life and then we get on to even more so we get the solar system we get the goldilocks zone and we get um, you know the perfect distance from here to there and it's just there are so many coincidences but we can say they're all done by chance but they're still the likelihood is so low that it's like mind blowing it's mind-blowing. Uh, my favorite one really is chlorophyll. Yeah. Uh, it's without chlorophyll, we don't breathe, we yeah. don't eat, we don't do anything. Mm. And how did that happen? They don't know how chlorophyll no. happened. They no. blame some primitive amoeba, amoeba for it. Uh, but how did that amoeba get those that, that the enzymes that made it happen? Yeah, it's it's so incredible. So. I mean, I listened to your talk with uh, David Spiegelhalter, and he said the biggest coincidence is that we're here at all. And I thought, well, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny that I'm glad you picked that up because Spiegelhalter also told me uh, anybody who wants to find explanation for coincidences will find it's bad for their mental health. Oh, did you say that? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right. using that for the beginning of yeah. my explanation chapter. Right. It's like, right. it's a, a yeah. He, he he. That's what he said. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Well, the, those. Ha, I, let's switch over to literature because I'm okay. so glad that you have um, written these papers on uh, coincidences in literature because yeah. the Dannenberg article from 2007 or 8 was the last one I saw and right. it was a very good article and mm. you're you're updating it and, um, and sharpening it I think so how did you get interested in coincidences in literature well I it's that's very interesting I um it's either we can have a fairly involved uh, story. <laughs> I, I was at, in, a, in, in London, sorry, in Guildford in England, and uh, looking at Dostoevsky books, I wanted to get a book of Karamazov, and this tall guy came in and said, choose that one, and he pointed at a particular one, and I looked at it and I said, did you translate it? And he said, and he didn't say anything. He just turned and walked out. And I thought, my God, this guy is very strange. And I started looking at the book. And um, I'm pretty sure he, did, he was a translator. And later on, I found a friend who studied Russian under him. And there was a Slavonic uh, lecture on it uh, in, in a, a Slavonic conference at, in Guildford at that time on that weekend. So I took this book and I've read it a couple of times. Then I wondered if he'd written anything else and um, if he translated translated any, any other Dostoevsky's um, uh, books. And then I found that he'd, he'd done uh, The Idiot as well. And, and then I, I read, I bought his translation of The Idiot. And on the first page, there is this, uh, that 
the two main protagonists are in the are in the uh, train carriage together, and Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky writes on the first page, had either of them been aware of what it was that united them, they'd have wondered how it was that pure chance had brought them face to face in a third class compartment of the Warsaw St. Petersburg train. And I thought, <laughs> shit, I'm going to get into this stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and my God, and he's absolutely full of it. But the great writers use coincidence. They don't shy away from it. And, I mean, Dostoevsky absolutely uses them. And even more so uh, is a Pasternak in Dr. Zhivago. Oh, yeah. Which is oh, yeah. Just, bam. Yeah. Just... And so I started looking at uh, how, how it works in literature. And then I went back to the um, legends and you know, Greek tales and uh, Oedipus and and th those old store those old stories and fairy yeah. stories. Yeah. yeah. And all the time, it's always fate masquerading as chance. Yeah. And it so happened on that day that such and such and such and such. <laughs> <laughs> and this just comes right through. Now this process is is comes through, and then we get to the idea of providence in this sort of 19th and 18th century, early novels. Uh, and one of, the great, um, one of the great novels of Providence is Jane Eyre. Um, and she has all these wonderful things happening because Jane Eyre is being looked after. So it's a reward. Um, and, and then at the end of the 19th century, you start getting uh, atheists coming in. And so the providential literature moves away and they try to bring in pure chance. So you have this sort of steady movement in how coincidences are used over time. And, and the last one I have in that particular essay is, is co Coincidence by uh, Ironmonger, who you also interviewed and uh, I, I listened to. And it's like, well, he brings in the these you know the stats man, the the coincidence authority, the guy who who can mathematically work out every coincidence, and he gets blown away by this coincidence-prone woman. And I was very interested in your interview with with John Ironmonger because he seemed skeptical, and he was kind of like a more of a statistical sort of guy. But the end of his book is a pure synchronicity, which is mind blowing and just knocks the guy the coincidence authority out. So I felt maybe he's writing something that he's that is going beyond his own belief system. So if he listens to this, then he, he can contact me. But uh, yeah, he, he he he. I was surprised at how uh, probabilistic he was in explaining his 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 view of coincidences. He yeah, he yeah. described some himself that happened to him that were pretty good coincidences yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. somebody showing up with a book at the right time for him yes. or something like that yeah, that, yeah. that that made him um have to question it but when people people hold fairly rigid beliefs about the world and don't want to change them even if evidence is there and that's yeah, what yeah. seemed he did so he allowed himself to have a fictional character or characters that experienced mm. a lot of coincidences and had to be at least transformed somewhat by them but yeah. he couldn't do it himself and yeah. i think david spiegelhalter who is a, a statistician and yeah. has collected thousands of coincidence yeah. stories on yeah. his website um, having having to do with being able to tolerate the uncertainty mm. Um, yeah. And he's collected thousands of them, and the only one he personally could describe was like it was about three things coming together during a radio show of his, and it yeah. didn't make any impression on him. But he, these are people who may want want to know about it, but don't pay attention to it. Well, we've come to the end to the segment. We're talking with Lawrence Brown, author yeah. of The Many Faces of Coincidences. I think I love you too. I'm 
How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. Yeah, CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We've been talking with Lawrence Brown about coincidences in literature. Uh, are there any particular novels that have had an impact on you in terms of their use of coincidences? Um, well, yes. Um, Dr. You've Chicago. Listened. Yeah. Yeah. But um, um, more recently, I, I reread uh, some of Paul Gallico's uh, Flowers for Mrs. Harris, because I, a lot of all novels use coincidence. No novel is without a coincidence. But how many of them use meaningful coincidence? And there are not that many. But I found that uh, uh, Paul Gallico does very well. And uh, so that, that it's very touching as well. Um, some people yeah. say it's sentimental. but How I do you differentiate between meaningful coincidences and just a coincidence well okay um th there is a guy a guy called walter mcdonald who he said that every coincidence is a necessary technique in the novel so that the 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 person will structure the novel so that this person meets this person in chapter three but if he can do it and make it not look like a coincidence and it goes under the radar then what McDonald says, then he's created the magic of literature. And Dostoevsky, putting that quote on the first page, wham, they would have wondered if it was pure chance. And it's like already the, the reader, because he's such a great writer, is taken with that. And so there's no synchronicity in the, in, there. 
in that story of the two people on a third class train yeah. having a lot to go with each other, the key thing to me in regular life is that that probably happens fairly regularly, but mm. one person has to do the odd thing, which is to somehow contact that stranger and begin the conversation. Yes, yes. which is, uh, yeah, yeah. Did, did that happen in that? On the train, well, they say, he, I mean, he's so outrageous, Dostoevsky, he had an, a third person in the same, uh, in the same um carriage <laughs> who's even who's sort of uh who's a trouble troublemaker who knew all about this one guy although he'd never met him and it just so he just sets the sets the novel up so that you have these three important people all in the first class and it's plausible and then within the first two chapters they're bumping into each other in other places, in other places. Yeah, yeah. Instead of somehow they're going to this other place and the person's there, or and and you know all that kind of. So the small world coincidence starts to come in within the novel. Well, the, the small world is real, um, and I call it human GPS, uh, where people find themselves together in the same place because they needed to be, and they didn't know how they got there. It it's easy to call it random, or and small world is not a is a description, but not an explanation. No, there's, a, there's one story about a woman having um, a, a dream about uh, her husband having an affair with someone. And in the dream, she needed, she was being urged to like uh, find out more about it. And she ends up at a train station and there's the woman. And whether to contact her or not became the question of the novel, whether to talk to her about it, which she finally did. But mm. it's making, it's taking that step to ask um, that, that Dostoevsky made it more complicated by having a third person in there, but making that, making it happen by asking, by doing something. And that leads me to uh, one of the most interesting phrases in your um, essay first one or maybe a second one perhaps a new category of coincidences needs to be developed to include one that incorporates both the coincidences on the page and the intentions of the author yes i couldn't bringing that up that i haven't i've kind of avoided doing that but I've, i'm getting going to have to do that it's it's, yeah, I don't it's know what cate you're categorization about. is very different for novels and for writers because you have the how they create the coincidence, and then the coincidences within it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I just want to say that in my last one, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I'm balancing out no, uh, fiction and um, an anecdote, and then so an anecdote, you is it is there a crossover between fiction and anecdote and i sort of wasn't sure i said well they they kind of you know one or the other and then i started getting into isaac pashevis singer which is absolutely anecdote disguised as fiction and a lot of it is and it's like wow what a genius to be able to do that give give us give, give us an example of anecdote disguised as fiction because to me anecdotes are part of fiction they're stories so I don't even know the distinction you're making okay. there. Well, no, no. Well, it comes on. Okay, it's categorized as a short story, but it looks very like it's happened. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. Oh, like that. it's oh, it's supposed to look like it's real. Okay, it really yeah. happened. So either oh, okay. he's a brilliant writer, or he's taking stuff from, from from life. And one of the the things that I I read that he did actually take stuff from life and uh, and. Um, Oh, so, a, a lot of people do, and I, I'm, I'm funny that you're making that distinction because what I want to get to with you is how coincidences in literature reflect life because that is so important a part of coincidences in literature as yes. Dostoevsky and, um, and Dr. Zhivago's author and yeah, – yeah, yeah. and, and uh, Dickens have said, this is the nature of life, that coincidences yes, happen yes. all the time. And what I'm looking 
to find out an answer from you about or yeah. a comment about is when and how the coincidence on the page, which I think you mean something could be a reflection of real life, and yeah. the intentions of the author um, are different or overlap or, or somehow are related to each other. Well, yes, because the whole thing is when people say this happened, this is an anecdote that happened, and then someone or someone like Spiegelholder says, well, it's got to be falsifiable, otherwise it doesn't fit into my categorizing. And so literature absolutely doesn't come in, but maybe there is more truth and more, uh, you know, more the reality of how these things operate within literature than yeah, in anecdotes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there is the added con confusion caused by the intentions of the author. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to be able to say what on the page could be a reflection of a common coincidence, like the woman at the train station having mm -hmm. the dream and then seeing the uh, person her husband having an affair with. That happens in real life. Yeah, Something yeah. like that happened uh, for Dostoevsky in the third-class carriage in the train. Um, when is it? When does the coincidence in literature overstep what could be happening in reality? I thought that's okay. what you meant. Well... Yeah, no, I, I wasn't actually. It does sometimes do that, and that's usually um, either deliberate by the. Uh, I mean, uh, Pasternak said, "It looks like I'm overstepping, but I'm not overstepping. I'm deliberately uh -huh. throwing extra coincidences in, and where people do not meet each other, so there are ships passing in the night all through his novels. It, for this, sorry, only wrote, only wrote one novel. All through Doctor Shivago, you've got people not meeting each other, so the coincidences that don't happen are there as well. And wow, then, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you got to read good. it. It's just." an absolute mind blower that one but I wanted to because before you actually mentioned the thing about things being in sympathy now Jane Eyre is an incredible book because it's all different categories that I have for coincidence she includes in that and the biggest mega coincidence in Jane Eyre is when she is totally destitute has lost all her money and is suddenly lands on the doorstep of this uh, family um, and 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 the, the housemaid tells her to go away, but then the, the 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 master of the house is actually watching her trying to get in, and he says, "No, let her in." He happens to come home at the exact moment, but it it ends up it's that he's she's seeing her first cousins, right? And so that is an outrageous coincidence. It can be too much for literature that you end up on the doorstep of your first cousins. But she justifies it as a, um, and, and she said it's a result of hidden sympathies. That Yes, yes. So that's how she explains it. She's not, you know, she's not saying it's just a trick for the book which it probably may have been as well. But she's saying it's this is hidden attractors. And yes. you talked about that before. Why do people end up in the same place? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, how yeah. literature how literature can reflect reality in a way that maybe people haven't quite recognized yet. Yes. And that is, I'm glad you bring up that one because sympathy and simulpathy are the same ideas oh, and human GPS, the, the same yeah. idea. The yeah. simulpathy, the GPS relies on simulpathy, that is knowing the feeling of a loved one at a distance. And the GPS mm -hmm. part is somehow unexplained yet finding your way to that place where that person is um, mm -hmm. that you need to be with. And it's what you call uh, sympathy is covers what I am talking about with yes. human GPS. And that's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. So that's what I thought you might be talking about, mm. where literature and the author's intention reflect reality and where they purposely don't. Even the Dostoevsky not having people meet, uh, mm. that is that is what happens in real life. But it, you don't know that's happening in real life yeah. because you, they yeah. didn't meet. And that's mm. such a valuable contribution. We've, yeah. We're coming yeah. to the end of this mm. segment. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking with Lawrence Brown. 
author of The Many Faces of Coincidences and delving deeply into literature and coincidences. With the stars above in your eyes Fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow so I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking with Lawrence Brown about coincidences in literature. And the point we're trying to make is something like what I have experiencing movies, science fiction movies. Uh, like there's one on Netflix called um, Limitless, in which the heroes take a drug um, that helps them become smarter. Uh, in various ways they explain it, but it allows them to process information very quickly, much more quickly than we can, can now, and be able to have access to information that, uh, in ways that are hard to explain currently. And I use that as a way of looking at how the future might be, how we can somehow, even without a drug, increase uh, our human uh, processing capacities. And I look at literature uh, similarly about coincidences, Lawrence, and that's why it's so important what we're talking about here, how coincidences can be very nice, pleasant illustrations of how coincidences of regular life work versus ones that are just instruments of the author's um, need to push the plot forward. Yes, yes. Yes. So the great author will not, uh, will, 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 
you know, they're already in another space. And so, so they're, um, I mean, in your interview with David Spiegelhalter, he talked about latent and manifest coincidence coincidences. The latent ones are not realized and the manifest ones are realized. So he said there's only the tip of the iceberg. And that's the same as what uh, Camera said. Paul Camera said that it's the tip of an, an iceberg of things being linked. And uh, so you get a guy like Pasternak who is writing the latent coincidences as well as the manifest ones. And it's like, how can he do that? At the same time, he is one of the few authors not killed by Stalin. So he lived an incredibly charmed life. So, uh, you, so you, you have the both things going on in his outer life and his inner life, where you have an ex exceptional uh, uh, human being like that. Well, you when you mentioned that they they're in a different space, the great authors. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that there's uh, there are different levels of consciousness, and I haven't thought of great authors being at what I'll call higher levels of consciousness, where coincidences are more part of everyday life. Well, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's more, it's a sort of, it's more than just coincidences. I mean, they're so, if you read Dost, uh, Dostoevsky, I mean, I have a quote here by um, Virginia Woolf, and she said, the novels of Dostoevsky are seething whirlpools, gyrating sandstorms, water spouts which hiss and boil and suck us in. They are composed purely and wholly of the stuff of the soul. Against our wills, we are drawn in, whirled around, blinded, suffocated, and at the same time filled with a giddy rapture. <laughs> wow. And wow. he's doing this absolutely with coincidence the whole time. So it's just squeak, like an accordion, the squeeze box. Wow. And he's, yeah. Uh, well, this is a way you're saying that with my cluing into coincidences and yours as well, that you get into uh, a level of consciousness that the author is probably living in. And that yes. somehow we get to experience. So, in a way, um, these these books turn out to be psychedelic-like. Well, they are, and and some some and some. The, the trouble with Dostoevsky, particularly something like the Idiot. Actually, one of my mother told me that her brother, he said he doesn't read books. He read the Idiot, and he was so depressed by it, he never decided never to read another book. Wow! wow. <laughs> you know, and I've only got halfway through it because I know it's going to go downhill, because Dostoevsky was absolutely—he's not—he's totally writing from his 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 fevered being, and some of the dialogues in the and Karamazov are so amazing. It's like how can anybody actually speak like this? And you have to read it to, to experience it. Um, uh, you've read a lot. Um, and the Paul Gallico coincidences are, are kind of lengthy to tell. Um, but I wonder if you could, just in the remaining time, just tell us some stories from uh, your, your literature reading that uh, our audience might enjoy hearing and learn something from. Um, okay. Um, I got so many possible choices. Well, we'll just take a very simple short yeah. story of, of um, Paul Gallico called "The Small Miracle," and and I had a synchronicity because he wrote "The Small Miracle," and then there are a whole series of books called "Small Miracle," and so I thought, ah, they probably pinched the title of their book from uh, Gallico's story. But Gallico's small, uh, small miracle short story is about a a boy in Italy after the war, and he's 10 years old, his parents have been killed in the war, and he has only his donkey. And the donkey gets, um, the donkey gets ill, and, he, and he, he, he made money by the donkey carrying things around and getting paid. So he's devastated and spends a little money he has, and the vet tells him, oh, she may live or may die. And, and the, because they live in Assisi, the, uh, she think, uh, the boy thinks, oh, I'll take him, take him into 
see St. Francis, who is in the Basilica, buried in the Basilica. Uh, and then he's told, well, you can't take an animal in there. And uh, so he's uh, devastated. And to cut a long journey, there's a nice uh, father uh, who sort of encourages him. And he said, who, who can I go who's higher than the bishop and then get permission from? Well, you have to go to the Pope. So he hitchhikes to Rome and he has a tiny little bit of money left and he can't get past the, the Swiss guard. But then he has this bunch of flowers and a little note and, and somehow the, 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 the Swiss guard can't throw it away. So he gives it to the next person, the next person, the next person, and the little boy ends up talking to the Pope. And the Pope's secretary writes a letter saying he has to be able to go in with the donkey. And there's a hidden entrance downstairs, uh, which the nice priest has told the boy about. And so the letter says to the supervisor or the, uh, in, of the, of the, uh, the basilica, you have to open this lower entrance. And so the end of the story is they open the lower entrance and as they're going through, the donkey kicks one of the archways and these bricks fall out. And inside uh, is this wood, this metal leaden box with, says F for Francis and the date of his death. And, and, and what he had was everything he had left with, which was hardly anything, just his belt of his habit, was in this in this thing, and some sprig of wheat or something. And so the, all the, 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 the clerics are blown away by this. And then the boy and the donkey goes into the crypt, and the donkey is healed on the way through. And it's so beautifully written. And you might think, oh, this is, you know, sentimental, but it's actually touching because Gallico is able to touch the heart in his books. And uh, I got an essay from someone saying he's not popular now because it's such a me, me, me time. But he was very popular in the, in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, he um, was. The snow, snow Goose was a favorite story. Snow Goose, yeah, absolutely. And that small miracle comes with the Snow Goose published with uh -huh. it. And uh, the flowers for Mrs. Harris, or the Americans call it, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. As so many synchronicities in that, it got me writing my second article. Yeah, there were, we can't, we certainly don't have time for them, but there, there were no, a no, lot no, of just, yeah. very, let, let's, um, we have uh, about two minutes left and okay. let's go, let's go to modern uh, coincidences that by that, I mean, in movies uh, and TV shows and uh, I get, uh, I, I sometimes uh, TV series, sometimes I'm just, what that is constructed by the, the writers. <laughs> they did that one. Yeah, you can yeah. tell, I can tell, but a lot of people yeah. can't like, no. like two, two people in an illicit affair, um, mm. making out in an office. Um, and the door just happens to be open a little bit and the wrong person who's the right person just happens to walk by and see them. And from that, the plot spins out. Now, that is an author created coincidences. Absolutely. <laughs> but even those as a reflection of what happens in reality, too. Yes, because in, in a book you have more space and more time. But in a movie or a TV thing, you, you don't have any. They've got to move it very fast. So the consciousness have to go wham, 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 wham. And uh, now people have got used to that. They, they accept it. And they want yeah, to be they, entertained. I, they want to be but entertained. They don't reflect, but they don't reflect on their own coincidences, which is what it would really helpful for them if they did. Well, part of my purpose in what I call the coincidence project yeah. is to continue to gather people like you uh, to encourage the talking about coincidences in regular everyday life, telling people uh, your story. You're bound to get a story from somebody else. Yeah, yes, and it is. And it is, it's a tip of the iceberg. This is how it is constructed. 
and it's, reality, it's, it's, this is how like, this is how reality is constructed. It's, con it's constructed uh, like this. And I think that's what I learned today, the latent coincidences in literature, that they do reflect the reality that we cannot know, but somehow it's out there. So we've come to the end of this segment, Lawrence. It's been a delight talking with Thank you. you. Thank you very for, much. You're welcome. Thank you for All being right. on the show. That's no, Lawrence Brown. Fun.